Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Red Circle, and, of course, Spotify on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. If you check out the latter, make sure you hit like, subscribe, turn the notifications on. We're getting close to 25,000 subscribers, so we thank you for that. Also, check out Off the Floor. That's our Discord. We've got stuff going on there all day. The chat was going on. During the Dolphin game today, everybody was trading everybody on the heat. If that's what you like to do, get off of Twitter. Check out Off the Floor. It's $2.99 per month. You're not going to go back to Twitter afterwards. We promise you that. It's uh, right here in the description on the YouTube page and also on the podcast feed and at the very top of the Five Reasons Twitter page. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And that includes Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. Get $20 to play. You can play in our tournaments. And actually, you'll still have money left over because our NBA tournaments are three bucks. Our NFL tournaments are 10 bucks. This is legal sports betting. You're betting against others who use it, not against a bookie. And they're based in Minneapolis. You will get your money. I just withdrew from there this week. It was easy peasy. No problems at all. Better Edge, use the code 5RSN, get $20 to play. And now, today's episode. Down to Biscay. Yikes. Yikes. Uh. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop in one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. Brady Hawk, you can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Greg Sylvander, you can follow him at Greg Sylvander. Alex Toledo and I were at Rock Esports Center. We appreciate them hosting us the 2k tournament and to watch the game the game started well the heat were up 22 to 1 chicago got back in the game and then chicago won the fourth quarter and that's what we're going to talk about today because the heat are eight and five but they have a problem they didn't have a lot last year which is they are not closing games well and this is not the kind of team that's going to blow a lot of other teams out they're not offensively explosive enough which means that games are going to typically be close and the entire reason that he even made the play-in last year let alone got out of the play-in to get to the playoffs was the way they performed in clutch situations they're not performing that way this year. And I know Tyler Hero is out. Caleb Martin is working his way back in. He's clearly rusty. Josh Richardson took a little bit of time to get things together. All these guys are guys that were counted on to play in the fourth quarter in some capacity. Instead, you've got Jaime Hawk as a rookie who's playing virtually every fourth quarter minute, which was not anticipated. Um, but let's just be honest, the numbers are ugly uh in the fourth. And and Brady, let, let's go to it because 
I think one of the numbers is not particularly surprising, but the other number is, and that's what's creating this problem right now. Yeah, so you mentioned the fact that they didn't have as many problems last year, but they were just in so many close games that there was just such a large sample size that uh, they had their ups and their downs on both sides of the ball, but mostly it was offensively. And even I look back at last year's number. So last year, they were 15th in offensive rating, which feels kind of decent for where they landed in general. The fact that they were in the play-in and they were middle of the pack in those fourth quarter situations, you're like, okay, you'll take that. Uh, and you took look at this season so far, they're 27th in offensive rating. So big drop-off, very big drop-off that you're at the bottom of the league in those situations. But the reason you mentioned that that's, that is the one that's not surprising. The surprising one is the fact that the Miami Heat are 26 in defensive rating in fourth quarters this season. And the reason that's even more alarming is they were second last year. Like that was literally what they did best. And in, we're talking about a situation where we've noted that they, they have a better defensive structure right now as currently constructed. Like the players, the lineups they even run out are just so much better defensively. So it leads to the question of why this is happening. Uh, there's a couple different reasons I guess we can go to. I think certain – I was even looking at some lineups where the Jimmy Bam lineup specifically even in the fourth quarter is like a negative 20-something net rating. Like it's just – it's horrible what we're seeing. And I think it's funny because there was also a game against Milwaukee where they had a really good fourth quarter where I'm thinking to myself, like if they didn't have that random Milwaukee fourth quarter run, what would some of these numbers look like? Because it would probably be even worse. The biggest difference I'll say because I know the big thing is defensively – they have gone to, for one, last night we saw more zone, but they've gone to stuff where I've noted that Bam has been in more drop and been at the rim a little bit more. We've seen less switching, I'll say, late in games, whereas I feel like a lot of last season was Bam on their best player. And maybe you hated it because the shot went up and a lot of times it's an offensive rebound, but a lot of times it led to good stuff where you're getting a stop and going the other direction because Bam Adebayo was guarding that guy. So now you're kind of seeing the balance of like when everybody was screaming at why, is they, why are they running this? That is part of the reason. So now I think they're going to get to a point where you're going to see like they're going to have to mix everything in and just kind of throw everything at the other team in different situations, especially late in the game. Like you cannot be one dimensional like we saw in Chicago last night. And that's kind of the big takeaway was it was like all zone or all switching or all drop or all this and that. Like they have to get to a point where they feel comfortable that we could just throw this at you at any given possession. And they've done some of that stuff with the press where they just – either throw up a five or a two, either to either be in zone or be in man. But they have to get to a point where it's a little, I guess, maximizing BAM. Because we talked about maximizing BAM offensively on the pod last night, Greg. But I guess sometimes you have to do it defensively as well. So I don't want to put it all on that, but that's kind of the one thing that comes to mind, I guess, the difference from this year to last year. Because like we said, this season, a lot of the time, it's only been one average to below average defender on the floor late in games. That's what's so strange about this, and I'm glad you started with the defense here because we can work back into the offense because I think we all know what their problems are on offense, and I don't know that all of them are fixable. And we've talked about them leaning into offense, Greg, over the past couple of years, but let's be honest, that's not what they're leaning into. They're leaning into their defense. It's what they should lean into. It's what Eric Spolster wants to lean into, and it's, okay, can our defense create enough offense for us and can we capitalize enough offensively? And I said last year, if you look at their clutch wins, a lot of them was they closed games on defense and free throw shooting. They closed games on defense and the fact that they were as efficient as any team in the league from the line when they actually got there, particularly Jimmy and Bam 
And in the small sample size, because he doesn't get a lot of attempts, Tyler down the stretch, they didn't miss a ton of late free throws. And so it made their offensive rating, I guess, look a little bit better than it, it should have, actually. Maybe that's how they got to the 15th. Um, and they won a lot of those clutch games, but they won them on defense. But, Greg, I, this is not a concern they were supposed to be having when, again, more than half the roster are plus defenders now. Bam is the plus defender of all plus defenders. Jimmy, when engaged, is a plus defender. Uh, Josh Richardson, even as erratic as he's looked offensively so far, is still a plus defender and has been improving on the defensive end. Um, Jaime Jaquez has been a plus defender from jump. The numbers suggest that. Not his best game in this last game against the Bulls, but he's been a plus defender that they were not expecting. Now, Caleb's been hurt, but when he comes back, he's a plus defender. Haywood Highsmith is a plus defender. So I just gave you six right there who are plus defenders. Now, Kyle is not, okay? He does certain things well, but not the point of attack stuff. Tyler is not, but gives effort. Duncan is not, but doesn't foul anymore. I asked him about that the other night. He's not getting some of those cheap foul calls that he did before, which makes him playable down the stretch of games. Kevin Love is not. But positionally, he sort of knows where to be. We know Thomas Bryant is not, but he's not in the rotation right now. But again, I'm naming more plus defenders than negative defenders. And that was not the case when they were rolling out Dragic and Robinson and Hero together at times. Why do you think this is happening? What if I told you that the reason why the defense is slipping is because Tyler Hero is out? Would that be a mind well, that leap? Would create a debate. That um, would create a, yeah, listen, hear me out. I was expecting. Hear me out. Uh, I think recently Bam Adebayo has had to shoulder, not against Chicago. They should have gone to his ass a little bit more late. But I think that the fact that you're seeing this offensive jump from Bam, some of that could be potentially impacting uh, – how much you're going to want to put him on all these best players and diversifying the off or the defense to the point where Bam's always ending up on the team's best player. I personally love to watch that kind of stuff because that's where Bam is just suffocating possession after possession, halting offenses and stuff like that. But with him leaning into offense recently, I just wonder if having a guy like Tyler back so that Bam could maybe, and Jimmy, frankly, could focus their attention on the defensive side of the ball to some degree um, later in games, maybe that would be able to help. I also think that there's this thing that happens where they're settling for jumpers and there's been just live ball turnovers that lead to transition points late. And, uh, and that kind of stuff, once that starts, it's hard to get it to stop. And you've been seeing the runs every fourth quarter. It's like they, the bottom falls out. And so I, I don't know. I think this is another situation where, the offense and the defense are connected. Tyler being out puts more, uh, you know, burden on Bam, Jimmy to create and do all that kind of stuff. And those are supposed to be your defensive linchpins too. So it's just an interesting dynamic there. Brady, what is the best defensive lineup they can throw out at the end of games? The five on the floor, as we say, by the way, thanks to the heat Twitter account for constantly using five on the floor. We appreciate the promo. Um, in the last five minutes of close games, that won't hurt you offensively more. What what is what is what is the the threshold there? What what is the best defensive group you can put out there where you won't be like, all right, the spacing sucks, we can't get anything going offensively, we're not even going to be able to get to the line. G give give me that 
line, so to speak? Well, who are the five? Obviously, Bam and Jimmy are going to be out there. So who are the three you can put out there with them defensively where it does not kill the offense? So we're saying because Tyler's closing no matter what, you know, so like are we saying in a perfect world where right now with Tyler out, is that kind of where we're at? Well, I think we can talk a little offense defense with Tyler because I don't think Spolster is averse to doing that if he needs to. Mm-hmm. down the stretch of games, but let's, all right, let, let, let's do it here. Cause I think we've got at least another couple of games here without Tyler. I think he'll be my, my guess on him based on like, this is a guess. So please, again, I always say this, don't aggregate this, but based on seeing him in the locker room the other day, other things I've heard, I think he could be back for the Milwaukee game at home. That that's the one that sticks out. They've got four more on this trip. I think it's more likely they would do that than say fly him to New York to play two, but he's close enough that I think that he can be back from the walk-in. So let's do it both ways. You don't have Tyler for the next four. Okay. Give me the best defensive group that doesn't kill you offensively. And then we'll do it with Tyler. So I would say Jimmy Haywood and Bam are your front court. And I'll say, I, I said this last night because I think he would probably close last night if he wasn't an absolute mess that he was like, he was just kind of all over the place that if he was even, Decent average last night. He probably closes. And then, I mean, depending on the health of Caleb, maybe Caleb, I guess, could you, could, is that, is that worthwhile offensively? Probably not. It's probably Josh in a way, just because at least he can kind of get them into their sets. But I would, Josh to, over to this Caleb, point, Josh over Caleb. So you're starting Hopkins as the fifth. At you, this current stage, if, with, if Caleb is rusty, I think that's the case. But to your point, I wanted to point this out because I was looking at these numbers uh, before when you were talking. So lineups in the fourth quarter, the, the lineup that has played the most minutes in the fourth quarter that's tracked is Jimmy, Richardson, Bam, Duncan, Hawkes. So four plus defenders around Duncan. That's 126 defensive rating in the fourth quarter so far. That's number one. I go to number Wait, three. And, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to explain these numbers to people who are just joining. 126 defensive rating sucks. Okay. And yes. I know this is a, a tiny sample size, but but that is let me let me I mean, just counter the fact case. it's categorically awful. <laughs> it is. But for some reason though, that lineup has 130 offensive rating. So they're actually a plus net rating. It does not Yes. So it's a weird situation. Now I go g- to g- number g- two. G- give it to me. Give it to me again. Uh, it's, it's Jimmy. It's, Bam. So it's Josh at the one, Duncan at the two, Hawkes, Jimmy, Jim. Bam. Bam. I don't even remember that line of playing that much together. All right. So, so if, if you're looking at that five, here's the other thing we need to make clear here. There's the fourth quarter and then there's clutch fourth quarter which is clutch minutes are last five minutes within five points which typically the heat always are no matter how much they're ahead or how much they're behind they end up in that same place right that's that's why they're always hovering around a zero net rating um but one of the things to consider here is that jimmy typically doesn't start the fourth Uh, last night he came in with what seven left six left i mean that's it's always been supposed always been between the six and eight minute mark of the fourth quarter the six when they Right. And when they didn't have depth, we would be like watching you be and Alex would be watching. Like, is he going to the scorer's table now? Is he going to the scorer's table now? And typically Bam would close the entire fourth or, or get close. And then he always has a favorite for a little while. Tyler, remember, as a rookie, always closed the fourth. Then there was a series of time periods. I mean, Struess would play the whole fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, now it's Hawkes will play the whole, you know, then it was Josh for, for a few straight games. And now that's probably why that lineup you've seen a lot because Josh was in there and Hawkes now, and now Duncan has become playable in these fourth quarters. Um, that, that, uh, that lineup would seem to lean offense, 
But mm-hmm. it, wouldn't it be true to a certain degree that any lineup Duncan's in late is going to lean offense? Maybe even more so than Tyler? I mean, right now, I think you need Duncan, like especially without Tyler, that you're going to – you need him either way. And it's actually wild to say this. I just haven't seen him be that much of a negative. Like there was points before where we'd see him like absolutely get hunted, which of course he's still going to get hunted because if you're the offensive player, you're like, okay, I want that guy guarding me. But he's done a good job of like scrambling out of things. He's not gotten – you mentioned the thing. You asked him about the fouls. I think that's the biggest thing here. He's not as handsy as he once was. Uh so 100%. But before we get to that, let me just keep going down the – let me just get your guys' opinion on the top three lineups. So let me just go to the second one. So you have Kyle Lowry, Josh Richardson, Tyler Hero, Jimmy, and Bam. That's the second most used lineup in the I fourth quarter. I hate that quarter. lineup. Greg, 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 go, go with that one. Let's go with that one again. La- Lowry, Hero, Richardson. I already hate Jimmy, it. Bam. <laughs> yeah. So Jimmy's ostensibly at the four. No Hawkins, no Highsmith, mm-hmm. right? I don't remember that happening. I must have blacked out for that period of time. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of this, but it's 116 <laughs> defensive rating and an 81 offensive rating Ooh. in the lineup. 81. Okay, now when I said that 126 defensive rating was atrocious, to put this in, that 81 <laughs> is like, I mean, 81 is like the kind of offensive rating that like the process Sixers, when they were tanking, wouldn't have gotten quite that low. So just to repeat it, Greg, I'll throw to you. Uh, throw this to you. Lowry, here Richardson, Hero. I, I guess one's the two and one's the three. Jimmy and Bam. You're playing that lineup for offense, I think, because you've got Tyler out there and Kyle's supposed to be organizing everything, and you have an 81 offensive rating. I hate all the Lowry Hero lineups. Pretty much. I, I just, I right. And Josh. I, it's just, <laughs> just like, like with others. Okay. Like it's not like I like hero with a lot of other lineups. I like Lowry with the bench lineups, I, the, the Lowry hero lineups that they, they've been force feeding this now for uh, three years. Right. Already? They, they, this is a situation where I think we're running into what this team is going to eventually, uh, they're they're going to come up against this situation. Kyle Lowry is not really a player that you ha- that you need to be relying on as much as they have, and they just don't have necessarily um, enough firepower in the backcourt. Plain and simple, like point blank. And I think that that's ultimately where we're going to end uh, the any shortcomings for this roster, just roster construction wise. I think will be centered on the backcourt versus the frontcourt. They've actually been a lot of um like the interchangeable pieces and what Hawkes and Highsmith has brought to the team has really a lot of the things that I was hoping that they could find from a a four of some kind they've kind of figured that out on the fly Duncan's been a positive so to me this this boils down to the backcourt and I that lineup I can't even really think about it because it's um it feels like it's not balanced. I don't love Kyle, Tyler, and Josh all in the same backcourt, particularly if you're trying to lean offense. It just feels disjointed, um, and I'm surprised also. Both of these lineups don't have not stuck to me as lineups that they've gone to a ton, and I guess maybe it's because they haven't looked particularly great, so we're not remembering them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll go to more of them after the break here. So, Brady, have them queued up. But I, the other thing that as I look at it, um, you know, first thing, the Josh, Josh, Jimmy 
haven't looked great together to me. I test. Okay. I, we don't, I, I mean, again, there's small sample sizes and all this stuff. Jimmy and Hawkins have looked better to me than Jimmy and Josh have looked to me. Josh and Tyler in stretches, I think looked pretty good, which was the starting backward. I thought we were going to see this season. So it's not like all of these guys are unplayable on their own. They all have some merit. And I've said before, if you're playing Kyle with the bench guys, he has thrived in those roles. It's when he's playing with Jimmy that he does nothing and retreats to the corner. And that's been a frustration, not just that we've had, but I know that members of the organization have had since his signing is that Jimmy and Kyle don't make each other better in any way. It seems like Kyle just defers to him in every way and becomes completely unproductive. Like I like the fact that he shot a few times last night. If he would just shoot the three and be more of a threat, it would make up for this other stuff. But you're right. Like if you're going to play Kyle and Tyler together, because of the defensive deficiencies of that backcourt, that offensive rating better be 110 or higher, not 81. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because it's not going to be great defensively, no matter who you put with them. There's only so much that Jimmy and Bam can cover for late in games. They have to be good offensively, and they just have categorically not been. Kyle is better with Duncan than he has been with Tyler, right? I and mean, we've seen the numbers on that. So I just, I, they need to get away from that somehow. And the answer for most of this is, they get a point guard that they can count on to play in those minutes, but we know that's probably not going to happen right now. But I do want to get to some of the other combinations here as we go forward because I think it's instructive uh, because I don't think – they again, they're not going to blow teams out. They're not. They're not built for that. They're built to have runs throughout the game where their defense catalyzes their offense and they shoot the ball just well enough to take leads, but they're going to give those leads back. That's we know that about this team. And then it comes down to their moxie down the stretch of games, closing defensively. And if they don't do that, their record's going to flip. That's how this is going to play out because they need to win these clutch games. It is absolutely, it's more critical for them than the majority of teams around the NBA. You know, what's critical for you, particularly if you were just dealing with the flooding in Broward County, Reaching out to our friends over at Water Cleanup of Florida, WCUFL.com. That's WCUFL.com, your one-stop water and mold cleanup shop. They can take care of everything for you. The best part is if they can't, they'll tell you. They're honest people. You don't get that with every contractor. Reach out to Michael, Robert, and his team, WCUFL.com. You can also get in their preventative program. Uh, that's a great thing because we know the insurance companies don't always take care of you after the fact. So reach out at WCUFL.com. I bet you some of you who have been listening to this ad that we were running for the past two years if you were flooded last week, you're thinking, eh, maybe I should have reached out to them before this happened. It's going to happen again. We live in South Florida. We're low-lying areas. Water cleanup of Florida, WCUFL.com. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up. Who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products. And that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks. And I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard. So better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory. So they stay sharp longer. It means you can use them 
longer. And also they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as two bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. Harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Brady, give give me another lineup for me to puke about. Yeah, so the third most minutes lineup. It's funny. This is why I think. Uh, oh, Greg, Greg's got to take the thing off the screen here. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm still staring at water cleanup of Florida. There. <laughs> That's my bad. That's all right. I can't so, trust you in the fourth quarter. Go ahead, Brady. <laughs> That's to tie into that now. The the third biggest like most minutes, and it's this is why I don't really read into the data too much. Like I think we there's limitations to it where it can lead you, but I don't think it always tells the truth. So this is a lineup I've liked actually, and this is the, the Josh Richardson, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, Hawkes Bam. So the that's a lineup they've been running, uh, pretty much at the start of. Fourth quarter. So, so th- three three wings, a shooter who's been mm-hmm. really good this year in, in a bunch of different roles in Duncan, and Bam. So this is typically mm-hmm. the lineup, again, before Jimmy right. comes back. Okay. Go. So this has been like two, maybe two games of this at the most. And Caleb's been rusty, so that probably feeds into this a little bit. But 126 offensive rating. So they've been good offensively in the, in these spots, which kind of – is surprising because I, I, well, they've been good offensively, but the surprising factor is they're probably built more for defense on paper. They're 142 defensive rating on in this 13 minute stint, which is funny how it's how this all like equals out because the third most minutes in the fourth quarters for this season is a 13 minute lineup. Uh, so a negative 16 net rating, which is just gets back to the point that these are the lineups I actually like them leaning into. I like them leaning into these lineups where they can try to just get out into the open floor. The offenses actually look pretty smooth to me. Uh, it's been a situation where Josh Hawkins and Caleb, I think we've all wondered, would, are, are they going to get in the way of each other in the half court? And I don't really, I haven't really seen that. I actually think they've actually played pretty well off each other. Similarly, the way Jimmy and Hawkins do, it's similar to how Hawkins and Caleb do. But the defensive number at 142 defensive rating and that 13 minute stint just kind of caught me off guard when I saw it. So that was kind of the one that was like, I'm not sure if that tells the well, whole story. It is a tiny sample size. In that yeah. lineup, you don't have Lowry, you don't have Hero, you don't have Highsmith, you don't have Butler. Uh, the thing thing I, that I do like about the framework of that lineup is you could sub Highsmith in for one of the others. Like you could sub Highsmith in maybe for Josh, more likely for Hakez or for Caleb, and it functionally could do a lot of the same things. And then, of course, if you, if you sub in Jimmy for, say, Caleb – you're getting Caleb 
plus essentially. I, I wonder first thing if the lineup doesn't look effective because 13 minutes, but also because yeah. um, Caleb doesn't look like himself. And I, I think that's a, a topic for another day, but I'm curious to see how long they give him to ramp up because he hasn't looked right. He didn't look right when he came back the first time. Now I think it's more rust than the knee. The first time it was, it was the knee and rust. They need um, him. But they're in a weird position with him because he was so important to them last year, but they have players who could do some of the things that he did for them last year. Now adding Hawkes, Highsmith growing his game, even some of the things Duncan's doing that Caleb is not as essential as he was before. And of course he's a contract issue at the end of the season. And so I, I don't, I don't know how much time they give him. Like I, you know, Greg, I mean, it's, it's a good place to get into this because we thought Caleb would be a closer. I still think he has the potential to be a closer and to be very helpful because we know my word, he's an alpha. We've seen him, you know, step up in those moments. Bray, Alex is laughing somewhere. Um, and, you know, I mean, he hit the most alpha shot that anybody could hit last year. And he performed extraordinarily well in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, and and I don't hold the finals against him because he was sick the first three games. But I, I don't. Again, I don't know. They have other options now. Yeah, I don't know that they're going to be super patient with that process because, um, they got to find answers now. But also, uh, and by the way, whenever I really want to smile, I look at that photo of Marcus Smart. Um, arguing with the ref while Caleb Martin is scoring a bucket. I don't know why that just popped into my head, but we're talking about him doing crazy things, alpha things. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. Jeez. Uh, they I need him. All of you. They need Caleb Martin. Like, I think that we're seeing also that they were counting on him. And, and this is a situation where they, I don't know that they're going to pay him and invest long term. I, I don't. I, I think there's too much basketball left to be played. But it's clear that they need him to be what, at least as good as he was last year. Uh, and when I say that they're not going to be patient with him, it's more that I just think, to your point, they've got more options, and so they're just going to try to find something else that's working right now because they have a season to play now. And that's where this delicate balance with Caleb gets a little weird to me because. Um, it'll be less about maximizing the player and more about the team and he's heading towards free agency. So it's just, it's a weird balance. I uh, ultimately, I think that they probably won't be closing games by the time the playoffs roll around. I don't think Caleb Martin is going to be closing games. How about that? Well, that's not something we thought. So that that's a, that's a change here. And if Josh Correct. isn't closing games either, then it means that Hawkins probably is. Um, and, is already started to so, but he's going to have ups and down moments. Like we can talk about how NBA ready he is. And he is absolutely He'll hit a wall. He's ahead of the curve. He will absolutely hit a wall. They all do. And we've even seen it in stretches of games. The last couple of games too, where he hasn't been quite as effective. Brady, I'll let you close here with this. So I, I asked you one question before, which is what is the threshold? Like the defensive lineup you can play where the offense will still function in some way. What is the offensive lineup that you could play where the defense is passable at the end of games? Like how many we used to subscribe to that. You can't play three bad defenders. That was our rule during the COVID era all the way through. But I don't even know that they have to do that now. What, what is the, what's the threshold, the other direction? So I'll go off the board here and not go to a normal lineup. I'll say the best possible they could do is putting Tyler and Duncan in the backcourt and then putting Jimmy Haywood and Bam in the frontcourt. 
Okay. That's kind of the one I could think of that maybe. Well, everybody isn't... will know who to hunt. So I'll say that. <laughs> but it doesn't matter when you have Jimmy Haywood and Bam swarming. Are, 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 maybe are, I guess. Are you, are you playing zone? Are you playing zone with that group? You know, back to my earlier point, you got to switch it up possession basis here. You got to you got to just keep shifting things around here. So that would kind of be the way to go. But they, I still get back to the point that like I've seen portions of this offense where it's like it's not even about the lineups to me, and I know that's what we're focusing on right now. It's just the way that they play where. A stat lineup that I talked about before, like the Bam, Caleb, Hawkes, Josh lineup, like certain points of that game yesterday, you're watching Bam get the ball in the mid range and he's just going to work and he's shooting over the top and then everything's flowing from there because doubles are flying at him and he, he's making kicks. Then that same lineup in the fourth quarter last night was him at the top of the key running actions with two off ball screens flying him, him trying to get the role players involved and get them into their shots. And it's like, that's more so the issue. It's not the lineup. It's how they're using the lineups more so. So I think that's kind of what we're going to end up talking about more so as we move forward. Yeah, I wasn't on the pod with you guys last night, but I, I'll close with this, okay? Whatever they do in the fourth quarter, Bam Adebayo needs to be primary in it. Primary in it. Offensively, defensively. Get him through the first three quarters any way you can. Play Love, play Bryant, play Jovic, play Orlando Robinson. I don't give a damn. It's going to be a clutch game anyway. Those last 12 minutes, you need to get, put him in a position to own it because we have seen him step up in those situations. And if you don't put him in a position to own it, he'll shrink. We've seen that too. He wants to be aggressive this year. He wants to. Like this is not – we're not having the questions anymore. And He has been your best all-around player this year. There's no debate about that either, Okay. He needs to be involved in the fourth quarter in some way. He's not there as a hub to get role guys involved anymore. The, the, the old days, we just talk about the dribble handoffs to get Duncan shots. No, no. These role guys have to be plug and play. You know, Caleb is a Swiss Army knife, right? Hawkes knows where to fit, right? Josh is starting to find a little bit of a role as a slasher, okay? And some of the things he can do in the mid-range. The, that's and Highsmith, okay. The shot's gotten a little funky now, okay. But Haywood will get back on track, I think, doing the core things that he does. There, they have premium role players at the wings. Bam is not a role player. Bam's a borderline superstar at this stage. Ball needs to be in his hands in a position to score and to make plays for others without having to go out of his way to make the plays. For others, they just they come out of the flow of the offense. Eric Spolster is a million times smarter than all of us, and he'll figure it out. But I, I just hope we're not having a conversation in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. We're like, Bam is receded so that these other guys know, not anymore. Okay, Bam out of bio's team going forward, ultimately. Okay, this is the Jimmy era, he's got to close a lot of these games, but Bam is the fulcrum, and Bam has to be the focus. And what happened against Chicago cannot happen. It can't happen Monday night, and it can't keep happening because he will go back into the shadows too much if they don't feature him. We've seen that. He's the captain now, right? That movie, he's the captain. Get the captain the damn ball. Let him make plays. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Brady. Uh, we'll be back with full coverage of the Heat and the Bulls. By the way, they better win this game and Cleveland game because I'm going to New York for the last two games of this trip, so just warning you all in advance. Thanks to our sponsors also. Better Edge and Water Cleanup. Have a good night, day, whatever. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reason Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. 
With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.